iRelaunch podcast. This is Carol Fishman-Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch. We are the pioneering company in the career reentry space, providing tools, resources, products, and services for individuals returning to work after a career break, and we work with companies to create career reentry programs. Today, I'm very excited to have as our guest, Michaela Kurgill who's Director of Customer Experience for M.M. Lafleur, which we'll find out more about in a minute. Michaela is one of the original members of the M.M. Lafleur team, and we're very excited to hear about her expertise in terms of how do we dress when we relaunch our careers and when we're starting to look for that relaunch job. So welcome, Michaela. Thank you so much, Carol. I'm very excited to be here today. Well, thank you for being here. And before we get into conversation about what people should wear and what we should think about in terms of our wardrobes when uh, we are planning our relaunch and interviewing for jobs, I wanted to know if you can tell us just a little bit about M.M. Lafleur and how you came to be on the M.M. Lafleur team. Yes, so M.M. Lafleur is a company that was founded in 2013 with a principle and a mission around um, taking the work out of dressing for work or this idea that women have better things to do than shop, but they need to look, you know, really great and put together every single day. And we asked ourselves, why isn't there a company out there that can do that for women who can help them find the right clothes to wear to make it really easy to get dressed in the morning, to take all the decision-making out of the process. So, you know, you run to your closet, you grab that one dress or, you know, top and skirt and you throw it on, you're out the door because the most important things you're going to do that day, not getting dressed, it's all of the other, you know, things that you need to tackle and make decisions on and drive forward. And can you tell us a little about uh, your own pathway and how you um, came to work for M.M. LaFleur? Yes, of course. So I, um, right out of school, graduated and joined a financial services company, started on the business side, and then a few years later switched on to their corporate strategy team. And it was an incredible experience for me, both because I learned a lot about, you know, how large deals are structured and how, you know, we are able to take really fascinating pieces of data and make strategic decisions for a company. So it was a great learning ground. Um, And in the meantime, I had to wear a suit every single day. And it was really, really hard to get dressed for work because there weren't a lot of options out there for me to be able to put my best foot forward. So I was put in touch with the two co-founders, Sarah LaFleur and Nuri Foster. And when I heard what they had to say about what they were trying to build in a company, I was like, I'm there, tell me what to do. Um, And I came on board a few months later and really created our customer experience from scratch. It's been really, really rewarding to do it and to meet all of these incredible women at different stages in their career and find out, you know, the image that they want to put out to the world and how we can help them get there. That sounds amazing, Michaela. Thanks for talking us through how you came to M.M. LaFleur. 
Uh, and I myself have had some contact with M.M. LaFleur. M.M. Uh, LaFleur did a photo shoot about me, uh, and it was featured uh, on your website, and it was a very exciting experience. I, uh, they brought in the Glam Squad people to do hair and makeup, and uh, we had this uh, photographer there, and you're, uh, on your team, the enormously talented Charlotte Cowles wrote an article um, about, the, about me and about iRelaunch and the work that we do. So it was, it was very, very exciting and, um, and incredibly pampering and wonderful for me. Um, and I also was yesterday, just yesterday, in the Boston pop-up shop that M.M. LaFleur has. I know that in different cities there are what you call pop-ups for um, you know, temporary uh, uh, styling centers in, in different cities where people can uh, uh, see the M.M. LaFleur uh, clothing line and have a chance to try it on in, in a really nice environment. Um, so anyway, th- th- it was wonderful and, 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 uh, and, and fun. Uh, so I wanted to talk now more about um, what we wanted to focus on for this podcast, which is to get some very specific advice uh, from you about uh, for relaunchers. Uh, For those of us who have taken a long career break, I myself took an 11-year career break. We have many people in our iRelaunch community who have been um, out of the workforce for a number of years and uh, wanted to know uh, some tips on how we start, where we start to build up that wardrobe again when we might have taken a career break for elder care or childcare reasons or something where we were not um, dressing uh, in a professional way. Yes, of course. And I think to go back to what you said just a moment ago um, about the article that was written on our online magazine, The M-Dash, it was a great article. I loved reading it. it was so enlightening to me as someone who's yet to take a career break, but I know that's you know definitely a possibility in my life um, to see someone who's already done it and kind of read the lessons you learned, you know, sort of in relaunching your career. Um, but to your question about how you how do you even start to think about your wardrobe, I think the First thing that we recommend you do, um, and we actually, we wrote a book about this called um, Where to Work, and it's a, just a quick, handy little resource on, you know, really the idea of building a work wardrobe is pretty daunting, especially if you're making a career move into a different industry or a different role, or you're trying to project something about yourself. Um, and the very first piece of advice that we give, um, and one that actually I got when I joined MM LaFleur, because I went from financial services wearing a suit to suddenly being in this fashion company and feeling mm-hmm. rather out of my element um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if I wasn't wearing a suit every day. It's like, how do I do, you know, work and look good when it's not, you know, this like very sort of, you know, prescribed world of wearing a suit every day. So anyway, I've been through this myself as well. But the idea is to start with someone that you really admire, you know, think of an image of that type of professional person that you want to be. So we say, you know, it can be anyone from Michelle Obama to Iris Atfeld or anywhere in between. Um, And really think about what about their professional style 
really speaks to you? Is it that they're able to really play with color or is it that they always just look super sharp and architectural and, you know, not a hair out of place? Um, and start there and maybe find a bunch of different pictures or write down all the adjectives that appeals to you. And then I think that's where you start with a basis of this is how I want to look. And of course, you build a wardrobe over years, not, you know, going shopping in a few afternoons. So those are sort of your guiding words for this time in your life. And then I first thing I recommend doing is actually going back to your own closet and taking stock of what you already have. Because so often you'll find something and you'll be like, I haven't worn that blouse in years. And you know, you look down your list of adjectives and it's architectural and you're like, yes, that's it actually. I just need to find a new way to put it together. Um, but you probably also have stuff in your wardrobe that just doesn't serve a purpose for you anymore. Either your shape has changed or it feels a little too young or you know it is pitted out to be honest or has a rip in it that you've been trying to get away with for three years. <laughs> I definitely have that pair of jeans, but especially when you're talking you know, something that you're going to wear to work, the thing that you really want to make sure is that your clothes are in really good repair, especially because you're going to be meeting new people. You're going to be forming a brand new impression of yourself. So make sure that everything you decide to keep in that wardrobe is very much what you want to represent about yourself. Um, and then once you take stock of everything that you have left, you know, you've thrown out all the things that aren't going to build you up, you are definitely going to have holes in your wardrobe. And that's where, you know, the fun part really starts. And I think, you know, everybody should have a certain number of staples. You know, you really need a black pair of pants, provided you wear black, because I know that's not everyone's thing. You know, but you need that classic pair of slacks or that classic skirt, that like thing that you can, you know, your workhorse pieces. And especially if you're missing those, that's where you want to start to fill in the holes first. Um, and then you can have a lot of fun with it too. And that's the other side of the, um, you know, adjectives piece. If Iris Apfel was your muse, you know, you can go to Marshall's or even a flea market if it's Iris Apfel, to be honest, and find really <laughs> fun, funky pieces of jewelry or bags or things like that. And you have to dig a little bit, but it it can also make it really fun because then when you put it on, you're like, I've got this, you know, great funky little bag that I'm going to bring to the office today that says something about, you know, who I really am and what I'm bringing to the table. Um, I think that can be a great part of reinventing yourself as well. Um, Michaela, can I just ask you a little bit about context? And you yes. alluded to it at the beginning when you said you yourself um, had come from financial services and then you were moving into this um, role in a fashion company. And it, re it reminded me of when my own career path, when I had started right out of business school, I was in manufacturing. And then I moved into a corporate finance um, for an investment bank. And I remember showing up at, they had a dinner for the brand new associates that were coming in. And I put on what I thought was my best outfit in manufacturing terms, which was, um, I, I don't know, a flowered skirt with this um, blouse. And it must have not made the cut because one of my um, fellow um, 
associates, who's still a very close friend today, he came up to me. He's like, what's with that flowered skirt and that blouse? (laughs) (laughs) I like had never met him before. And and I was like, oh, wow, I guess I need to step it up here um, for, you know, the standards of what what is dressed up in uh, the investment banking world are obviously much different than what was d- uh, dressed up in in, in, at, in the manufacturing plant world. Um, so that that was uh, again context. And now you know we have people who are potentially moving into roles at certain of the tech companies where you know that th- you see all this publicity about how people are wearing sweatshirts and jeans. And then you have other people who are in these more uh, traditional corporate environments. And so can you talk a little bit about how you figure out what is the right level of dress? And also when you're in the interview stage, how many levels above that level should you go if it's a casual dressed workplace? Definitely. And I think in almost every workplace, there are all of these unwritten rules about the dress code, and it's a really difficult thing to navigate. Um, I think the best advice I ever got about this is just to continue networking, and when you while you continue networking, ask those questions too, because they might seem very superficial, but they're actually incredibly important to finding, you know, sort of how you want to best fit into the workplace that you're joining. Um, So if you're able to use, you know, old alumni networks or friends of friends, or you go to networking events and you get someone's card and you say, hey, let's go out and get a cup of coffee. I would, you know, ask them like, hey, what do you usually like? It's Tuesday morning. What are you putting on? Um, And also don't be afraid to like go get a cup of coffee in the neighborhood where you're, you know, office is going to be and sort of see what other people are wearing too. And especially once you get into the workplace, I've always found it really helpful to sort of like pick out a few people that I'm like, okay, I think I can sort of like watch what they wear for a week and figure out, you know, obviously I'm not going to dress just like them, but they are a very good indication. It feels like they sort of know what they're doing when it comes to getting dressed for work every day. Cause you don't, you never want to be the most casual person in the office, but you also, and especially, you know, to your point that a lot of people are moving into tech companies or more casual companies, you don't want to be totally overdressed. Um, right. which leads you know, me I, to the interview side too. I also, shortly before I joined Emma LaFleur, um, I interviewed for a research company that I actually, I loved the job role and um, it was a really exciting opportunity and the timing didn't work out for taking the job, but I showed up in a full suit because that was my experience. And I got there and the person who took me into the interview room was wearing a backless maxi dress. It's like, I am (laughs) so overdressed right now, but I had always heard wear a suit to your interview. That was definitely not the case. And at one point I pointed out, I was like, I'm a little overdressed right now. And they sort of laughed it off. Um, yes, that's that, that's really that's a great story. But, you know, I really like this um, advice. It's essentially like stalking the neighborhood and stalking yes. the place, where, especially when you're in the interview phase um, to go camp out near there. And even if there isn't a coffee shop, just sort of um, 
see what people are coming in and out of the door wearing, um, what, if it's a standalone uh, company building or if it's, you know, a bigger office building, um, just just sort of hanging out there for a while and, and seeing what people are wearing coming in and out. I, I like that idea a lot. I think it's so helpful because only then can you be like, okay, Every woman I see, every woman I see is wearing a pair of ballet flats. Like noted, I don't need to walk into the office in high heels. You know, if you're looking at a more formal company or sort of anything in between, um, I actually I do this from time to time with our stylists um, because a lot of stylists, you know, they've had some work experience, but they haven't had experience in you know every type of role. And dress codes differ so much, and the only way to really understand it is to just sort of see what people are wearing. Um, so I've just taken them to, you know, different neighborhoods around the city and say like, hey, let's just like hang out and talk about what people are wearing, what they want to be wearing. That's that's interesting. You're listening to 321 iRelaunch. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch. And I'm here with our guest, Michaela Kurgill, Director of Customer Experience from clothing company M.M. Lafleur. Now, can you talk a little bit about sometimes you hear um, people saying maybe this is dated advice, but, you know, have five outfits, one for every day of the week. So, you know, mm-hmm. you can at least get through the week. And then I, I don't know if you just keep repeating them or, or there's some mix and match, but is there some like minimum number of outfits um, that you should have? Um, I guess maybe talk about the interview process and then once you're on the job. Yeah. So we actually, we have a philosophy around, you know, what's the minimum number of outfits that you need Um, and we call it the perfect 10. So ideally you actually have 10 outfits, um, which is enough that you can wear it. You know, you can wear one outfit every other week and it's enough that people aren't like, Oh, she's wearing the same dress four days in a row, but not so much that, you know, you've had to shell out hundreds or thousands of dollars on a brand new wardrobe. Um, and then we overlay this perfect 10 with a concept that we call 40, 40, 20. So the idea is that, 40% of your wardrobe or four outfits should be like perfect everyday outfits. These are your like definite workhorses. This is the Monday morning slept through the alarm and the snooze button. And now I need to throw something on (laughs) and get out the door Mm -hmm. in 60 seconds flat. Um, Those are those outfits. They Hopefully they're machine washable. They're really easy to care for. They're not going to wrinkle up when you, you know, jump on a train or subway or jump in the car. Um, There's nothing worse than that, like, sitting crease that you might get (laughs) on your way into the office. So four of those 10 outfits or 40% of your wardrobe should be those workhorses. We say the next 40% should be sort of signature styles. It's those, just the step up look, you know, for example, tonight we have a focus group and we're going to be inviting some customers in. So I've got my signature look on today. It's just, it's the one that's going to make you, you know, ready to walk into that meeting and feel really confident in what you're saying and present yourself well. Um, so that might be, it might be taking, and honestly, it might be taking that same dress that's, you know, considered one of your outfits for the first 40% and adding a belt and some really nice earrings. And, you know, if makeup is your thing, throwing on a little coat of lipstick and saying like, all right, now I've got, I've got my signature look for today. Um, Mm. And then the last 20% should be what we call showstoppers. 
So these are the pieces when you have the interview or presentation to your manager, your manager's manager, um, or that big client dinner and you're hoping to land the deal. Um, those are the ones that are probably, they're probably slightly more expensive, definitely more formal. Um, you know, it's when you were in manufacturing the flowered skirt um, yes. of your wardrobe <laughs> that, you know, and they can also be repurposed, right? So if the flowered skirt was your elevated for when you were working in manufacturing, maybe it becomes your signature when you're working at the bank or the investment firm. Um, you know, you can do you can do different things with your pieces. Just because you've moved on doesn't mean, you know, it needs to go. You just need to know exactly what's the use case for the different pieces in your wardrobe. But the, anyway, that's what we think about it. Um, and it's pretty easy to get to 10 too, especially because we're not saying, you know, those pants can be used in two different outfits or that dress can be used in two different outfits, but make sure you've got 10 solid go-to outfits. It also makes the morning a heck of a lot easier. You're like, oh, that outfit. I can put that on. You know exactly where it is. You pull it out of your closet and you go. Mm -hmm. And you could mix and match from higher end um, clothing uh, companies or sources and then or maybe like a triple markdown sale item that you can find somewhere. Oh my gosh. I love Marshalls. Definitely. I I mean, yeah, especially, you know, especially if you're looking to relaunch your career, you don't want to spend all of your money on clothing. You, you can be really creative with how you put your outfits together. The, the whole point of wanting to dress well is so that you can feel confident enough to believe in your ideas and make everyone else in the room feel confident in your ideas as well. You know, um, even now that I've been relaunched for so many years, um, I'm still focused on clothing that is I do a lot more traveling now and so clothing that's easy um, to travel with that that I can just fold up and put in a suitcase and doesn't wrinkle like you were you were saying even getting on a train and also um, clothes that are nice but are still machine washable yes it feels yeah it feels like there are a lot more options about with that now than before when you know before my career break all the nice things that you wore had to be dry clean so can you talk about some of these new fabrics and certain fabrics to avoid or to try to look for? Definitely. I think, well, the first thing is synthetics have come such a far way in the past couple of years. You can find synthetic fibers that are breathable and wrinkle resistant and machine washable. So it's not, you know, if you're flipping over the tag and doing your due diligence on anything you're about to buy and, you know, checking to make sure that it's one fabric or another, polyester has come really long way. <laughs> this is it not certainly has. I remember, suit I'm polyester. old enough to remember yes. um, those 100% polyester leisure suits, you know, from, from the 80s and, or I don't even know if it was before, and you used to never wear polyester. And now it seems like everything is polyester and, it, and there's some beautiful polyester. So I think what you really want to look for in polyester, if you're going to buy polyester, is... Um, you want to check for hand feel. That's a really good idea. Also, try it on and like, I don't know, maybe doing jumping jacks in the dressing room is a little too extreme. But 
you know, check for breathability as well, because you don't want to find yourself in a meeting suddenly sweating bullets because you got just got the tiniest bit stressed out, um, especially in an interview. There's nothing worse than being in an interview and suddenly going, oh my gosh, is my brow you know, getting a little bit sweaty? Um, so make sure it's breathable. Make sure you can really move in it. Make sure that the hand feel is nice, that it doesn't feel like sticky or icky. Um, but I think you can trust that many synthetics are much better than they used to be, but really be very diligent about checking them out. Um, if you're going to buy something that's made out of synthetic, I highly recommend if you're going to shop online, buy it knowing that maybe you might return it if you don't love it or, you know, be very careful with it in a store. Um, but I know a good portion of M.M. Lafleur's line is made out of synthetics or semi-synthetics. We actually have a fabric that's made out of mostly wood pulp. It's my favorite uh, fabric in the entire line. Um, and also because it's machine washable, which makes it so much easier for me to justify even a medium-sized purchase. Um, you know, we kind of, we talk a lot about this idea of cost per wear. And if you, you know, buy a $165 dress and wear it once every other week for an entire year, you're, and it's machine washable, so you don't have to pay that extra $10 in dry cleaning every time you wear it, you're down to $660 a wear, which is really inexpensive considering you might have also, you know, popped into a store and bought something off a clearance rack for $50 and only worn it twice in a year, which is $25 a wear. Mm. I like the the way you're thinking about that, um, and I also appreciate that a number of like I don't I don't even know if I'm going to say many, but at least a number of the um, MM Lafleur uh, pieces are machine washable. I actually have one myself now. I'm very excited about it. Um, can you talk about? hemlines and um you know our audience is a is spans across a, a big age range i you know i'm 57 years old i relaunched when i was 42 um and just talking about when you're in your 30s 40s 50s do you have any recommendations for hemlines definitely i think i can talk about hemlines all day <laughs> <laughs> I think hemlines depend on a lot of things. It depends on your comfort level. I think every person has different hemlines that are super flattering as well. Like I know my best hemline is just under my knee um, to the point that I look at old photos of myself with, you know, something three inches above that might be super flattering on someone else. It's not even necessarily an age thing. And I'm kind of like, oh, I wish that skirt was just like five inches longer. Mm. <laughs> And um, I think it also really depends on the silhouette of the skirt or dress as well. So if you have something that's a little flowier or flouncier, you might want it to be a little bit longer so that when you, you know, are stepping in or out of a cab, you don't accidentally flash someone because it's short and, you know, has a lot of sweep to it. Um, but the same goes for sitting down at a, um, you know, a conference table or sitting down at your desk. I think there's, I always, always, always recommend if you're trying something on to do a sit test and, um, double check, especially how high the skirt comes up in the back, 
because there's nothing worse than like having half of your thigh out when you have your legs crossed and you're sitting down at a desk. Um, so I always recommend doing that. And then also, you know, checking where it hits you when you're standing up. Then, of course, depending on the formality of the company that you're working for, that's a, you know, a whole other thing. There are a lot of firms even still where having anything above your knee is just a total faux pas. Um, but then there are also, you know, maybe you're going into a marketing firm or one of those tech companies where it's less about, you know, making sure that your skirt or dress is long enough and more about let's just make sure that we find the most flattering length on you um, and one that you're not going to have to fidget with. I think the the worst way to invest your money is in a piece of clothing that you have to fidget with all day long. We're almost running out of time now. And Michaela, I'm amazed at the range of topics that we covered. Hemlines, <laughs> fabrics, cost per wear, what 40, 40, 20 means in terms of your wardrobe uh, and, you know, context and also uh, your, your new identity as a relauncher and how that gets expressed in what you wear. So really appreciate the wide range of topics. Um, one question that we ask uh, all of our podcast guests um, as we're closing is if you could give us your best piece of advice in this case uh, about wardrobes, even if it's something that you already said during the podcast. I think the best piece of advice is to find at least one outfit that just makes you feel like a million dollars and, you know, keep it to the front of your closet and wear it whenever you need that boost, because it's amazing what you can do when you're feeling really good about yourself one day. Um, so Try, try them all on, keep your eye out for it, or maybe you already have it, um, and don't be afraid to wear it and kind of go out there and be the best version of yourself. Thank you. That's incredible advice. Uh, you have just heard from Michaela Kurgill, Director of Customer Experience from the exciting clothing company M.M. Lafleur. Uh, and Michaela, can you tell us how people can find out more about M.M. Lafleur? Yes, of course. We The best place to learn more about M.M. Lafleur is to go onto our website. So it's mmlafleur.com, M-M-L-A-F, like Frank, L-E-U-R.com. And from there, you can learn about the different services we offer, and you can also read our digital magazine, The M-Dash. Um, the best way, if you want to try on some M.M. Lafleur clothes, I highly recommend doing one of our bento boxes. You answer a couple of quick questions about yourself, your profession or the profession that you're going into, as well as, you know, different types of styles that you typically like to wear and a few questions about your sizes. And we have a team of stylists here who will put together the perfect kind of starter kit for you to um, try on. It's totally free. You have four days to try everything on and we only charge you for what you end up keeping. So please give us a try and don't be afraid to reach out because we have a whole team here who's really ready to work with the whole you, not just dress you. Thank you, Michaela. That's wonderful. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you again, Carol. That was Michaela Kurgill, Director of Customer Experience for MM Lafleur. 
And this is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch. You're listening to the 321 iRelaunch podcast, where we talk about advice and strategies and success stories for uh, people returning to work after taking a career break. So please join us at the iRelaunch.com website and get on our mailing list to become part of the iRelaunch community. Wonderful to be here with all of you today.